sweet dreams till sunbeams find you. Hey everybody, it is a Monday evening. As you know, we always know it's going to come back around again. And here it is, 6.57 p.m. on the East Coast, Monday, April 25th, 2022. A little bit of an abbreviated show tonight. Got to get off around 8.15 to go uh, work on some music. We have a gig. Me and the boys of Set the Charge have a gig. Our first, our first gig, our first stage appearance. You know, we've been doing seasonal live streams from the music room here at the studio to inject a little bit of live performance into all of our our uh our schedules a little bit both the players and everybody at home I'm sure that for a lot of you it's been a while since you saw some live music that's why we wanted to do it especially during the lockdowns well the height of the lockdowns we haven't been completely let go let go of yet anyhow that's going to be on Wednesday night so tonight and tomorrow there's going to be some uh, practices we have to work around but it's all right we have a wonderful guest taking a stroll with us tonight Rich Barris people's pundit daylight.com Rich Barris is with us tonight for his April appearance this is month three of him being a regular and I look forward to it all the time because um, well, it's the first, it's the last Monday of every month, so it's almost like, wow, another month gone in the books, and I like finishing strong no matter what, and it's great to have him on, and of course, as uh, fate may have it, always a number of things to talk about when, uh, when he comes around, things that are hot, hot ticket items. Of course, we have the, uh, as you know, the acquisition of Twitter today by, uh, I guess I guess the left's newest greatest evil a man who is always being debated all of his various projects that have various potential outcomes for mankind but hey I'm having a good time watching the melting down if we're going to hell in a fast car we might as well be in the back seat laughing and we got a couple of great laughs today so we'll jump into that Elon Musk his 44 billion dollar plus offer to acquire all of Twitter and supposedly bring it private is has been approved by the board over there at Twitter so I mean that's it's significant news regardless how you how you see it's going to play out and I don't know how how it'll play out net positive net negative yet to be seen I'd love to get some of your your thoughts on that you're probably going to have to write in write in about that in email and I can I can compile some of those thoughts and read them out tomorrow night. I don't have a guest on tomorrow night, so I'll be able to do some odds and ends. I can finally do the the story about the 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 food processing centers and and now the FBI is astroturfing uh, uh cyber attacks versus the um these these very random fires. FBI is now ask, going out there and astroturfing with the cyber attack stuff. So um, th- we'll have plenty of time tomorrow for that and for some response from the audience for whatever comes up tonight. And it's a big topic. It is a big topic tonight. I also want to put out there a thank you for my sponsors. My sponsors, secretnaturecbd.com. 
this would be a good way to start off a whole new week of work by having some good outlook. I had a hard time going to bed on Saturday night. It just was not happening. It was a was it Saturday night? No, it may have been last Thursday night. Time is just weird right now. Saturday I had other problems, which I can't talk about. Um, um, but but Secret Nature CBD, whenever I have a rough night going to sleep, I always say, okay, the next night I'm going to just slow down my routine, wind down, and I'm going just to smoke a little bit of that good, good Indica CBD, full-spectrum CBD, and let me tell you something, it soothes the soul, calms me down, feels great, alongside all the other things that I do to relax there. You know, you have yourself a nice... Um, a nice tall glass of water, good infusion of protein, vitamins, protein, a nice clean source of protein before bed. Oh man, it's night and day waking up the next morning because your body burns so much when you're sleeping. What you have before bed is huge. You ever have a salty meal, a nice big salty bowl of chili before bed, you wake up the next morning and you need a crowbar to pry your eyes open? Well, don't have that shit before bed. I love chili, but I avoid it right before bed. But if you have yourself some good, clean protein, I don't know, a protein shake, a, a yogurt, anything egg-based, who knows? A little bit of peanut butter on some sliced apples, I don't know. Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. But it makes a whole world of difference the next day. I should have done that last Thursday. SecretNatureCBD.com. Go look around. They're a wonderful array of items. You don't need to get smokables. Yeah, there's the tinctures, oils, whatever the hell it is. Promo code FRANKLY and get 20% off. All right. All right. So let's jump into what we have going on this week. We have Rich tonight. Oh, you know, I already talked about it. And then Thursday night after the, the, the gig on Wednesday, we have Jay Gulinello and Rob both hanging out in the studio. So we'll be talking about nutrition that night and other nights. Maybe Jay can talk to us about good, healthy sleeping. Eating, eating support, food support for healthy sleeping. That would be great. So, all right, into the grab bag we go. I have another item here I wanna throw out before we talk about the Elon Musk thing. The June badasses. Can't believe it's coming back around again, but you know what? Sunday is May. So I would like to put out a call. Start emailing me your nominees for badasses in June. You know, in June, every broadcast night in June, we do a badass of the day, badass of the night, badass of the month. That's just what it is. So I would love for you to go onto the blog on quitefrankly.tv. You can see the, the, the blog post that we published at the I don't know, the middle of last summer, which showed you all the badasses from June of 2021. Just in case you, uh, you're going to send some duplicates over, don't. You can avoid those duplicates. Go to the blog and find out the badasses from last year and send a few over. And, uh, and that's it. Badasses from history. It could be from any, from any country, anywhere, any era. Doesn't matter. Badasses of the month. Of the night. A badass of night. I can't wait to do that again. Uh, what else we have? All right, here we go. 
here we go into the grab bag which is just really going to set the stage for larger conversations tonight a oh gosh hold on a second that's out of the way and boom all right elon musk to buy twitter in a 44 billion dollar deal well you didn't know if it was going to come but come it came came it did twitter said monday it has agreed to sell itself to elon musk who will take the company private in a deal valued at around 44 billion dollars the deal caps off a whirlwind news cycle in which the tesla and spacex ceo became one of the twitter's largest shareholders and was offered and turned down a seat on its board and bid to buy the company all in less than a month under the terms of the deal, shareholders will receive $54.20 in cash for each share of Twitter stock they own, matching Musk's original offer and making a 38% premium over the stock price the day before Musk revealed his stake in the company. He said this, free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated, he said in a statement on Monday. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to, look, uh, to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. Now, here's the problem. What's going to happen when he, comes, uh, when he comes across not just the internal politics, but the external politics that works Twitter like a glove? This is much bigger than a big, uh, a big social media corporation gone off the rails because they have sick twisted leftist ideology that is coursing through its veins this is as governmental and intelligence based as anything else then again uh, he is no stranger to government and intelligence so we will see it, there's just so many we will sees I'm I've just got a I've got a seat in the bleachers like the rest of you guys and gals uh, Twitter's tremendous potential. The deal, which is unanimously approved, unanimously approved by Twitter's board, is expected to close this year. The deal comes after Musk revealed last week he had lined up $46.5 billion in financing to acquire the company, an apparent turning point that forced Twitter's board to seriously consider the deal because they have a fiduciary obligation to increase um, increase uh, sh stockholder value there so that's that's huge right there they if they just start if they just keep saying no because they want to make sure that nobody comes in and destroys their little sandbox fund that they have with each other regardless of how much money it can net them then that can cause them legal issues as we've been talking about to whatever degree i can handle because i'm not good at this financial um stuff the Twitter board conducted a thoughtful and comprehensive process to assess Elon's proposal with a deliberate focus on value, certainty, and financing, Twitter Independent Board Chair Brett Taylor said in a statement, calling the deal the best path forward for Twitter stockholders. There you go. Uh, Twitter stock was up nearly 6% following the announcement of the deal, hovering around $51.84, $51.84, just shy of the offer price. If approved by sh uh, shareholders and regulators, the deal will put the world's richest man in charge of one of the world's most influential social media platforms. Musk has repeatedly stressed in recent days that his goal is to bolster free speech on the platform and to work to unlock Twitter's extraordinary potential. The thing is that 
again, what has been locked, locked away from public view, is just going to be like opening up the uh, Ark of the Covenant and everybody having their face melted off, which is why a lot of people doubt that anything really uh, extraordinary is going to be unlocked. But hey, we're going to see, aren't we? Musk added in his Monday statement that he wants to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust. So that means to allow anybody out there to analyze how the, you know, the, the, the inner gears of the clock are working to be able to point out where there are very ex- expressed political biases that have been built into the entire functionality of the platform, things like that, to leave it open for public scrutiny, which in itself ain't a bad thing. I mean, it's his company. If he privatizes it and then says, everybody, I want you to look at the code and make sure everything is up to snuff and actually takes people's ideas for, you know, you know, doesn't, doesn't negate anybody's concerns and actually takes it all into consideration, that's, that's interesting. Let's see here, but here's another thing. They wanna defeat the spam bots and authenticating all humans. How do you authenticate all humans? So that got a lot of people asking questions, including myself, I don't have an answer for it. Do you know what he means? It can't just be as easy as those, as those silly CAPTCHA codes things where, you know, click all the buses that you see. Now click all the trains and click all the boats and click all the uh, all the stoplights. Separately, he said in a tweet Monday that he hopes even my worst critics remain on Twitter because that is what free speech means. Worst critics? Oh, well, hey. Hey, uh, there's a lot here. There's a lot here. Now the obvious pitfall, the obvious pitfall I see, which I can't wait to speak with Rich Barris about here, is that It could trick people into staying on or coming back to a site that will always be a soul-sucking cesspool for the insane. I don't know. I don't know to what degree that happens. I actually think that, uh, I don't know. It's just essentially what 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 I wanted to say was that Elon Musk is, his buying of Twitter is not going to fix the fried circuitry of the people who have fallen into this terminal outrage cycle that really expresses itself the worst on places like Twitter. You know, Twitter is Arkham Asylum. The, the, the fact that the guards inside of the asylum are corrupt does not negate the fact that if you change the, the guards around, you change the administration around and, the, and, and how things work inside the asylum, the fact that the inmates are insane, it's an, an insane asylum, and that they represent a widely endorsed subculture of crap. That's not. That's never going to change. Never going to change. And um, I mean, for example, while this was all unfolding today, with Elon Musk and the in the purchasing of Twitter, Steve Martin was trending. Steve Martin was trending, and here I had to copy and paste that the, the um, what was in the trending section, the trending corkboard in Twitter. It said. A debate is underway. There's never a debate going on. It's a bunch of snarky bastards and people crying like assholes. Um, A debate is underway about actor Steve Martin's comedy performances after his 1978 Saturday Night Live parody of King Tut resurfaced. I I hate that word these days. It resurfaced. 
It had plunged below the surface. Nobody could see it, and maybe rightfully so. Now it's resurfaced, and it's starting to disturb people. Like it's a Loch Ness monster. King Tut. In 1978, around then, I, I, I know obviously this was a few years before I was born, but I've seen that bit on Saturday Night Live. Steve Martin dancing around the, the musical number with Tink, King Tut. And I believe that's because King Tut, the tomb, the sarcophagus, was was going on like a world tour at that time. It was like topical. But um, that was going on. People wondering if it was racist. And then of course, all, the, all the moderate leftists came in to say, no, no, no. Stop, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to make people not take us seriously. If we, if we expend all our energy on ridiculous things like this. So, but of course they're not talking about the DC sniper. That's just water under the bridge. We stopped talking about the New York City subway terrorist like, the, like two days afterwards. Didn't fit the narrative. So no, the, the inmates in the asylum are debating whether we should be offended by Steve Martin's King Tut in 1978. That's all during this. And like we said a, week, a weeks ago, um, Trump cannot return to Twitter. I know he said he wouldn't. I don't know if that changes, but he can't. I don't, I don't know how he can. With all the money that's been sunk into social, the truth social, which by the way, my account finally got activated. So I'm on there at, quite frankly, I just staked myself my account out if you want to go and, and uh, link up with me there. But he can't go on Twitter. He can't. Not even if he mirrored tweets. Maybe if he put like one out of... 10 tweets there on Twitter and everything else on Truth Social. I, I don't know, but he I don't see how he can uh, unless he wants uh, Truth Social to be as big of a disaster as CNN Plus, which I guess it can't possibly do that because it's already lasted a month. <laughs> it already lasted a month. But um, no matter what, I have still greatly enjoyed the wailing and gnashing of teeth from these losers these losers on Twitter, um, the lefties on Twitter. I, I guess it could be a positive thing as long as we all continue to migrate to other sites and take those places far more seriously and just have Twitter be this this place where we, you know, if, if, we, if there is any kind of loosening of the leash and people are able to come in there and, and say some things, uh, you know, say things. I'm not talking about just shit posting. I'm t- because, for example... Let me go into what Brian Stelter said. This is funny. Oh, wait, wait. Before I get into Brian Stelter, what does this mean? This is from Disclose.tv around 4.30 this afternoon. Twitter's source code is locked down to make it harder for employees to make unauthorized changes to the platform, Bloomberg reports. So unauthorized changes to the platform. So who locked it down? And what are they trying to prevent? Are they trying to prevent uh, somebody from doing what? What is your theory on this one? I I don't know. Then shortly after that, there was another tweet. Said Twitter employees apparently had a public repository called The Algorithm on the platform's GitHub account shortly before the source code was locked. Musk said he wanted to make the Twitter algorithm open source. I wish somebody can put this into like third grade terms for me as to what this could imply. So what does that mean? Send in some super chats or email me. Maybe that's another thing that I can 
I can uh, put on the show tomorrow, or maybe I can ask Rich Barris. Here is here is uh, Brian Stelter. He had a very, very deep take on what's going on with Twitter. Take a listen to this. Look, who knows? I, I think that's a, a that's a that's a, an example of a broader question for Twitter, which is, if you uh, if you get invited to something where there are no rules, where there is total freedom uh, for, for everybody, do you actually want to... <laughs> nice Ricky Lake voice there, Brian. want to go to that party, or are you going to decide to stay home? And that's a question for Twitter users. Oh, do, hey, hey, guys, do you remember the last time you were invited to a party where in the invite came a list of rules of things that you can and cannot do at the party? Or you just show up to the party... Uh, what the fuck kind of a ridiculous straw man is this, you fat slob? A lawless house party? That's what you're talking about? There's absolutely no moderation and no rules. Let's just keep going. There's only a couple of seconds left. Some Twitter users might love the idea that there's going to be absolutely no moderation and no rules at all. <laughs> Others might not want to be anywhere near that. Am I, am I crazy, Matt? No, Good. No, Stay away. Stay away. You are a loud, squeaky, embarrassing minority in the overall population on planet Earth. And it is a disgrace that modern-day social media has been tailored to your ranting and ravings to give you validation. Anybody that is a part of this crazy gaggle of lunatics. You're right. And what, what happens to the advertising? I mean, if there's no moderation or little moderation, do the right. advertisers stay away? What does that do to the... the... Well, uh, there is no place on the Internet that lacks terms of service. You can get kicked off of Gab. Did you know that? Did you know that it's it's fairly easy to get kicked off of Truth Social? You, you would think that every night Brian Stelter would be reporting on the atrocities being committed on Truth Social because it is a Trump-affiliated platform, so obviously there must be much less rules than Twitter. Am I right? Where, where's the nightly uh, top 10 of atrocities being committed on Truth Social every night, Brian? You think that we would be getting nightly top 10 countdowns? So, I mean, that's, uh, that's just ridiculous. The thing is that only the platforms like Twitter and Google products, they are the ones that have terms of service that are vague and always changing. Everybody has terms of service. Their platforms, they have a, an idea that is terms of service. Nothing that's set in stone because regardless, every day is a new challenge for them of how to keep the country divided and how to keep specific special interest groups elevated and others completely kept in the mud or silenced altogether. So they don't have terms of service. He's talking about rules and moderation as if that's actually going on on Twitter. It's not. It's just, just a bunch of hacks. And, uh, and obviously that goes back to the chief problem with all this stuff. It's not about making sure that people are polite when they debate controversial topics or polite when they, when they present or reach a controversial conclusion about those topics when they choose to publish them publicly. It's about preventing those topics from even being, from being spoken about, and it's about preventing those topics from being micromanaged or, or, or uh, ensuring that those topics can be micromanaged by their political allies because they're all working toward a collective goal. That's what this is about, not uh, a lawless wasteland of free speech. Oh, <laughs> it's, the, the, the absurdities 
that they reduced their uh, arguments to to make this sound like this could be the next worst horrible thing to happen to us, even though every day they are encouraging NATO and uh, everybody affiliated with the West to continue to continue to deliver arms into Ukraine, a place where we have no business being on the books, on the books, off the books. We're responsible for everything out there. Okay, but on the books, we have no business being out there. You can shove your humanitarian bullshit up your ass because you don't care about humanitarian crises anywhere else in the world. And they continue to push for the injection of arms that will only and can only lead to a much larger and devastating kinetic exchange between world superpowers or one superpowers. And here they are making this seem like, oh, God, you, do you really want to go to the house party with no rules? You really want to go to a place that doesn't tell you to take your shoes off when you walk through the front door? My God. Sheath. You can't talk. It's, it's about that. It's not about politeness. It's about you can't. They don't care how polite you are about when you say that mask wearing is nonsense or when you say, assert that men cannot and will never be able to get pregnant. Or how openly absurd it is to claim that Joe Biden, with a straight face, to say that Joe Biden received 81 million legitimate votes over the course of a week after Election Day. Please, please. But um, I don't know. We'll see. I hope you guys enjoy the show. I will be right back and we will bring Rich Barris on in a GIF. Oh, I steal things all the time. It's just something I do. I stopped carrying a long time ago. You should see how many supplies I've taken from this place. Honestly, I love stealing things. I'm going to get a drink. Do you need... one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's rock! Welcome to the show. You know what I was really happy about yesterday? It was the first Sunday in two weeks that I was able to do the Sunday sponsor stream with everybody. Um, all the sponsors on Subscribestar and quite frankly TV and those of you on Patreon still and all that. It was really, really wonderful because the last two Sundays haven't been, you know, really up to it. And um, it was nice. Got to... Uh, Got to hang out inside of Aurora's little uh, 
little princess cottage. She wanted me to sit inside of there with her, and that was fun. That was fun. She was very testy on, on Sunday, and everybody enjoyed hanging out with us inside the, the princess cottage. So thank you, everybody, for being sponsors of the show. It's a wonderful, wonderful honor to work with you. And also, just to let you know, because there's not going to be an intermission tonight, there I just realized that there's like 12 openings on the subscribe star. The subscribe star tier for Polaroids, so the awkward Polaroid club where you get a, a Polaroid sent to you from me every month in some, you know, some setting. Now that it's warm outside, it'll be outside a lot more. So um, I, I love sending out those Polaroids. Have a lot of fun with them. They're goofy. They're weird. And um, go check it out. We have a lot more cool things and incentives coming up soon. All right. Macron versus Le Pen. Before I call up Rich Barris, I got to put this out there. Oh, I thought this was funny. Babylon B article. Caravan of liberal refugees arrives at MySpace border. <laughs> MySpace was great. MySpace really was a lot of fun. Then in came Facebook. Now Facebook is as useless and as outdated as shag carpets. It really is just so pathetic. That's why I laugh when people say, I'm leaving, I'm leaving Twitter, I'm leaving Twitter. If if this happens, I'm leaving Twitter, it's going to be a place for hate. If the regressives, if if the regressive left, if the hordes screaming about leaving Twitter actually left, which they're not, which they're not because they're attention whores through and through, and it's just just not going to happen, where would they even go? Would they go outside, feel the sun on their faces? I mean, it's such a hilarious predicament to watch them in because there's nowhere else. There's nowhere else, which is why I think that if we're going to talk about how this is a net positive, uh, Musk taking over Twitter, it, it's, pro- it's just from that standpoint of if there's any kind of disruption, cultural disruption over there, algorithmic disruption over there at Twitter, that it's just going to affect all of the people who believe that mainstream social media was theirs and theirs alone and that we can be forced off to other places but they didn't have to they can have the filet mignon while we all go have the uh the steakums you know you know you go off and start your own thing even though they followed us there to try to get us banned one way or another it's just hilarious i would love it where would they go where would they go somebody said well well they're starting they're trying to start a a uh, an alternative platform called uh, Mastodon. So oh, yeah, that's that's gonna take off. That's gonna take off. That yeah, that's gonna take off. It's gonna fly just as well as a Mastodon did. And um, that's uh, that's that's hilarious. But here's the other thing about this going off into going off into the um, the election in France because I want to ask Rich Barris about this. Macron supposedly wins. There was a pr- little bit of protesting in Paris last night. Apparently, a couple of people got shot. They didn't like what was going on. But, you know, Macron, he's another one. A Klaus boy, WEF boy, a UN, NWO guy, a banker's boy, and the 36% approval rate. He's like at 30% approval, and he gets almost 60% of the vote. Now, it's either the polls are so inaccurate that they should be abandoned altogether or the election was rigged. You know, I I saw some real blue-pilled losers talking about, no, 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 no. It's not that people like Macron. It's that they hated Le Pen so much more, which is just 
it, it's oh god i feel so bad for people who think this way i feel bad for people who think this way and then it also frightens me because it's a reminder constantly that the culture this is why the culture was hijacked and kidnapped first so that you can turn so many people once discerning people into retards and that they can weaponize that retardation that gullible retardation and then many other people are just indifferent to be able to find out how badly things really are outside of whatever's going on in their personal lives and they weaponize that retardation so that there's always going to be a rift and a very hard line split in society that will keep it from really going full bore, full bore revolution because for an effective revolution to happen everybody's got to see the same thing everybody has to see the same thing but they weaponize retardation that's just it through entertainment and education 30 percent approval 60 percent of the vote and uh i would guess it wasn't on the up i would i would just guess that it's it's an uneducated guess i have no uh evidence or anything like that and then of course we have this other thing uh from the new york post that's a, that's uh linked to the uh, dinesh d'souza thing that he's talking about with these mules following the mules dinesh d'souza most compelling evidence to date has emerged in 2000 mules an upcoming documentary new york post real quick before i call up rich the upcoming documentary by conservative filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza, who draws on research by election integrity group True the Vote to espouse, expose, I should say, a suspicious ballot harvesting. Using cell phone geo-tracking and surveillance video, it shows a network of mules in battleground states busily collecting ballots from get-out-the-vote NGOs and stuffing them a few at a time into multiple drop boxes in the dead of night. The extent of the operation is jaw-dropping. True the Vote brought, uh, bought 3 trillion geolocation signals from cell phones that were near drop boxes and also near election nonprofits from October 1st, 2020 through the election of November 3rd. In Georgia, the end date covered January 6, 2021 runoff. Then they went searching for mules, operatives who picked up ballots from NGOs, election NGOs, such as Stacey Abrams' outfit, Fair Fight Action, and then carried them to different drop boxes, depositing them uh, between three to ten ballots in each box before moving to the next. Catherine Engelbrecht, founder of True the Vote, chose the term mule because it felt a lot like a cartel. It felt like trafficking. This is, in essence, ballot trafficking. You have the collectors, you have the stash houses, which are the, the nonprofits, and then you have the mules who are doing the drops. Data analyst Greg Phillips set a threshold for each mule to visit at least 10 drop boxes within a defined area and at least five visits to one or more NGOs. So they narrowed the search down to 2,000 mules, and then, of course, they went into the numbers. Listen to a little of these numbers. Uh, they went looking for public uh, surveillance footage of those drop boxes, and they all found 4 million minutes across the country. The results are stunning. When a mule is matched with a video, you can see the scheme come to life. A car pulls up at the drop box after midnight. A man gets out, looks around surreptitiously, approaches the box, stuffs in a handful of ballots, and hightails it out of there. Then he goes to the next box again and again. After December 23, 2020, uh, Phipps noticed mules in Georgia had started wearing gloves. He pinpointed the five, uh, the five, uh, pinpoints the change 
to an indictment for ballot stuffing handed up to Arizona on December 22nd. The way the FBI nailed them was fingerprints, so they started wearing gloves after that. And then it got down into what was going on with the uh, the votes state to state. D'Souza breaks down the numbers to see if they would have changed the outcome in the election. Michigan, 500 mules, averaged 50 drop box visits at five ballots per drop, giving you 125,000 suspect votes, not enough to, over, to overwhelm Biden's 154,000 vote advantage over Trump. But let's just be honest, this is only one more facet. How many more facets to this collective scheme do you have to put together to, to, to overwhelm the deficits that they were able to create through God knows how many things. I mean, Michigan in itself. Okay, so take all this mule stuff and then put it together with what they found, uh, Matt DiPerno and all them found in Antrim, in that one one district in Antrim. In Wisconsin, 100 mules averaged 28 drop box visits each, which gave us 14,000 suspect votes, 6,000 votes short of giving Trump the win. In Georgia, where 250 mules averaged 24 drop box visits, we get 30,000 suspect votes, more than enough to overcome Biden's 12,000 vote advantage. Same thing in Arizona. Same thing in uh, Philadelphia with uh, Pennsylvania, with where they used 1,100 mules, averaging 50 drop box visits to give you 275 suspect votes. And it's just one more ass, it's just one more facet. One more idea, There's so many things coming together. Analog, digital, off-camera, on-camera, the trucks of those ballots coming in from New York into Pennsylvania. Man, it's just, what the hell? And that's, of course, this, this, is, this one is going to be a very, very long year. Very long year. Especially for people like Rich Barris, who has the daunting task of analyzing trends honestly, and then probably in his personal life has to estimate if the margins of victory are fraud-proof because we, we live in a in a post anything that can that's considered representative government world let's call up rich right now hey rich there he is put down the bottle of scotch that's it put it down stop slugging we're gonna have to just coast from here on in how you been my friend uh -huh, living the dream, buddy. Living the dream. How about you? Not bad. Not bad. I'm just, uh, just, just always just re relaxing and uh, and having a good time. I guess the best of my abilities. But I, it's awesome to have you here. I love that we have this on the books now every month. And um, I don't know what what I, what, yeah, can, what what can I say? The big news of the day. Let's just jump into it. Elon Musk yeah. pulls it off. How do you see this playing out? Net positive, net negative, yet to be seen? Does it hurt progress that we're making elsewhere with alternative sites? What does Trump do? Go ahead. So, you know, Trump says he's not coming back. Uh, he did start his own thing, you know, of course. So I'm not sure it would matter if he came back. Here's the thing, too. I'm not sure it's a good thing if he comes back. You know, for all the people out there, um, you know, the DeSantis 2024 people, um, this is the bottom line. Donald Trump has had a image makeover in this country um, since he's been off social media. And I think that they may really have screwed themselves the worst they have yet, Frank. So, you know, they I, I wasn't that prevalent. They made me. They made me. Donald Trump was his own worst enemy on social media a lot. Uh, but before he was censored, he won an election. 
on it, didn't he? Right? Mm -hmm. The best thing they could have done, perhaps, was throw him off uh, because he has the biggest polling lead for any Republican candidate in decades. That's number one. And number two, it isn't like we can, we're comparing apples to apples here. The country has changed dramatically. It's not Mitt Romney's electorate anymore. It's not, forget about Ronald Reagan's electorate. It's not George W. Bush's electorate. These are electorates, you know, that the country looked the same way that it does now. Uh, you know, Donald Trump would have, there's no prayer Democrats could win an election with those electorates today. There's just, they have waited for their like you know long-term plans to take hold with education and immigration and they have um so it really says something i can't from a historical point of view i can't stress it enough it says something that trump is consistently leading um not just joe biden everybody you know as at by the margins that he is uh at this moment uh but i you know i'm gonna be cautiously optimistic here and see what goes on i know there. It, it's almost like think about when Trump was elected. There are still a lot of very bad actors down the food chain that that operate the day to day. Um, everybody says I want Trump back. You know, I want Elon Musk to bring Trump back on Twitter. I want Elon Musk to bring back the 200,000 followers I lost mm. after the crackdown. You know, um, this is I'm not sure Twitter will ever become what it was before. I don't know. I think there's a lot that remains to be seen. There are people like me. Uh, and other influencers, uh, more you know, with bigger followings than me, that are going to remember the companies that took care of them when they became targets. It's as simple as that. Do you think Dr. Robert Malone wants his Twitter account back? I don't know. I guess probably. Dr. Naomi Wolf, who these are the people I've been talking about all day, they were right. Dr. Fauci is was wrong and is a criminal. They were right. They lost their freedom of speech because of it. Alex Berenson, you, you know. So who? provided these people an intellectual home on social media when the when when the uh you know the digital ss came for them and i don't think people are going to forget that i know i won't i know i won't so i'm not sure um you know that it'll ever return however i will say this they overreached man they overreach there's always a reaction you know to to an action right there's for every action there's uh you know an equal or greater reaction and they overreached, and now they're gonna they're gonna be sorry. I think that's the one thing we can all be sure of. Yeah, I uh, I, I I do I do think so as well. I mean, I'm I'm one of those stragglers who have I have uh, stuck around. But if I were to lose my account tomorrow, I might make a ghost account just to be able to harvest media for the show. But I really don't care about it. And I I it's one of those things where I don't want the progress that we have been making. Uh, you know, the begrudgingly. That's right. You know, begrudgingly had right. to do it. You think about everybody screaming, uh, if, if this happens, I'm leaving Twitter. I said, yeah, go ahead. Where, where the hell are you going to go to? For the last couple of years, we have been a part of a, a demographic that inside of it, they have to pull the ingenuity out of their asses to create a yeah. parallel society, financial, media-wise, everything else. Um, and like, as much as I worked so hard to build up my YouTube, if it got nuked tonight after this show, I honestly wouldn't care. I can play better music off of YouTube and, uh, and I know everybody, everybody that's going to be watching and, and, and it's going to be easier to, to grow and to be stress-free. I don't want to see any of that actually get hurt at this point. 
Um, you know, it's not like we're in a positive position, but we're, we're definitely not uh, sucking on the teeth like we were. You know, I'm, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, the bottom line is just last week, two weeks ago, whatever it was now, I, I, got, th- I got an email from Google, um, you know, basically uh, threatening me over uh, telling the truth about Ukraine. You know, and they told me that if I uh, continue to do it, if I don't stop, and what they were simply saying was, you tell people that Ukraine committed uh, war crimes and the Donbass, and if you don't stop, you won't be able to collect any revenue from us whatsoever. Well, Frank, I saw the handwriting on the wall years ago. I was on your show the day I was thrown off of Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yep. The night I was watching movies with my kids trying to relax after the election and one minute i was there and the next minute i wasn't you know um you know praise god for the opportunity uh tucker gave me to get my account back by getting the you know uh the the media attention that i did Uh, if not i probably would not have gotten my twitter account back but i was just sitting there doing nothing that you know they, they just they decided that i had damaging information they didn't want people to see so they nuked me and I came on your show that night, and I was pissed. Mm-hmm. You remember? Yeah. Um, you know, but but since then, I saw the handwriting on the wall, and I said, all right, I know how this is going to play. Project Veritas had already brought me internal documents from Google. Uh, you know, my, my cardinal sin that I committed was being more accurate than Nate Silver. Um, so they decided to take a business that we had been running faithfully and ethically for years and basing, basically nuking it out of the Google search engine. It was nothing but a data journalism site. We didn't, it wasn't inherently partisan. We simply uh, reported numbers from economic and political news. It wasn't – I don't care what people say. It was not inherently partisan. It was a, a, especially on the economics, straight down the middle, not even down the middle. It was what it was. Here's what uh, the consensus was for this report. It ranged from a low of this to a high of that. It either missed or met or you know or exceeded the consensus. Uh, that's what it, that's all it was. So I knew if they were go- willing to go after an outlet like that. After by the way, after 2016, I agreed with the Trust Project. I followed every single one of their guidelines, um, and it didn't matter. So I saw the handwriting on the wall, and I got that message from Google recently, you know, threatening me. And I'd laugh. I can laugh now. I don't have to be pissed like I was the night that Google nuked my, I mean, that Twitter nuked my account and I came on your show. It was a big difference. Go ahead. You want to throw me off YouTube? Go ahead. I don't need you to survive. And that feels good. So, you know, just, I'm not, so excuse me if I'm not willing to, you know, um, turn the clock back. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And pretend like nothing ever happened, because Elon Musk purchased Twitter and promises to buy, it, you know, bring it, uh, bring it private again. Uh, there will still be these terrible actors that control uh, the inner machinations of Twitter. Look at that stooge from the New York Times right now on Twitter reporting his quote source. At, I, I mean, the stooge at the New York Times reco- uh, reporting his source at Twitter. These are mentally unstable people is elon musk going to have any more luck at you know uh overseeing twitter than donald trump had overseeing the executive branch of the united states government i, I think I it's, it, it's going to be it's going to be real real tough only thing that i would say is the wild card in this in this case is that if the company does go private 
then I mean it's he's going to have a little bit more sway over what what one person could be elected uh, elected to office with uh, w- with a great amount of scrutiny from two other co-equal branches. He, 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 that's the only wild card. But I'm with you on everything you're saying, Rich. I, I don't want to turn back the clock. And you know I. Nope. I I even said it before. I don't trust him. I'm never going to trust him ever again, Frank. Period. End of story. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. I mean, that's why I was when I was r- watching this uh, this one clip from Brian Stelter. Uh, I, I don't know if this was earlier on today or whatever. Oh. So you you saw this ridiculous straw man that he creates about oh well if you got elect if you got invited to go to a party that had no rules and no regulations would you want to be there and 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 you're talking about terms of service and you're talking about the trust program and and trying to stay stay by the book and, and that's just the whole thing all of their terms of service they are not set. They are intentionally vague because they need to be able to shift their footing in a moment's notice to completely cultivate new types of censorship uh, um, uh, angles based on whatever the story du jour is. It just doesn't matter what it is. There's, they don't care about you being polite in the way that you debate controversial topics. They only want these topics being covered by their anointed few, and that's it. So, I mean, and, and speaking of... Um, both Twitter and and Ukraine. I've been saying this for a little while, and I want to see what you what you think about this comparison. I said this um, uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Then I put it on Twitter today. I said because I'm looking at all of this uh, the the wailing and the, the screaming and the screeching, and uh, people are wondering, you know, why why is there all this lockdowns going on with the the algorithm now, and what are they going to see if they poke around behind the the face of the clock there and look at the inner workings. I said Twitter is digital Ukraine in the way where there's a superficial narrative about things, but there's also a hidden truth, and then there's also yeah. a hierarchy of special interests desperate to save face and cover their asses. It's, yes. I mean, you deal in elections. Twitter is huge, has been huge for running interference for elections in the lead up to it with the with the Hunter Biden story, which is obviously huge, which is actually tied to Ukraine. There is so much going on here. And um, it just seems like real world and digital mirror images of themselves. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'd say I'd say too. Again, you know, for people to think there's a huge change coming, you know, just the same way, uh, you know, you have Vladimir Zelensky, you know, winning in a landslide, coming and taking Ukraine in the hope he's going to do something and uh, you know uh, fulfill all of his promises for this one side wants to see u.s interference out uh this other side wants uh protections from you know these people that were let the holdovers from the prior regime in the end what happened Zelensky was still surrounded by bad actors um that he you know what elon musk would have to do to change the people who work at twitter and by the way you think they're gonna some somehow he's going to be able to get in there and kind of sort them all out to see who's good and who's not. Do you have any idea what kind of a shred party is going on right now at Twitter? Oh, I know. I mean, are you kidding me? I know. Just like you, it would be hard for Vladimir Putin to find the extent of probably what we were doing with the Ukrainians in that country as he takes more territory. Especially with, um, especially with, it, 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 on the, the biolab front where we had Victoria yes, Nuland pretty much said that we are actively advising everybody in these locations of how to make sure that all, they, weren't, they weren't looking up, uh, they, they weren't researching the common cold out there, uh, Rich. They weren't Get reaching. Out of here. Yeah. Ukraine? 
in Ukraine, would they if they were even doing something as um as uh innocent as that, Frank, would they be doing it in an unstable third and you know, third world country? I mean, are you kidding me? This is the place that they would choose to put uh, a program like that? Get out of here. Mm-hmm. That's not what they do over there. Um, and again, I think that this is another another you know part of it. Um, Sixteen. I've said this a million times. It's it really is true. Twenty sixteen. They learned a single lesson, a singular lesson, which is that they lost control of the information flow. And even though they had all of these new outlets and powers that they could really uh, band together and you know w- work together to to em- to uh, amplify their message, in the end, these channels were still largely open, so information was still you know able to pierce you know their their bias because it was still a bias at that point and the lesson they really did draw from that was that we have to shut down those channels right it wasn't we should listen to the grievances of the people or maybe we should take another direction we were caught with our pants down we're so embarrassed no none of that it was we need to close the channels uh where these people are getting alternative and by the way more accurate information um, now, this is why they're flipping out again, because any threat to that whatsoever. USA Today, today, released this like timeline report of their own reporting on the, U- the conflict in Ukraine over the last almost two months. And this is how it has unfolded, they said, right? I went back into their archives. They told us months ago that the Russian army was stuck. 40 miles from the border of Ukraine and that they only had enough rations for a few days. That there was low morale and that uh, Russian soldiers were defecting. All right. Then, obviously, that was nonsense. And it became, they'll never take Mariupol. They'll never take it. The Ukrainians are fighting too hard there. They're never going to get around that city. You know, maybe two weeks later, you have a major begging for his life. And obviously, the Russians are taking it. They have the audacity because they feel they have so much control over information they have the audacity to go back and actually do a recap of their own reporting when it was so bad and they kept this reinforcing the narrative that they have held the entire time which is that um you know russian russian officers are getting ready to defect i mean this is obviously nonsense but they have had control for so long that they feel like they have nothing to fear by reporting crap like that. You know, and you know, Twitter was a huge deal when it came to 2020. That Hunter Biden story, and it was more than Hunter Biden. That story is more than about Hunter Biden. That story is about Joe Biden and the Biden family. The center person, the central figure. And central in figures of inside reports, of the Senate, too. I mean, th- there's senators implicated in that. I mean, it, it was, yeah. it, to anybody, I, obviously Joe Biden took center stage in a lot of this because it was a presidential election, and he had been told, okay, you're the mule. I mean, you are the one That's that right. we... That's right. He pointed his son the bag man, dude. Yeah, we're, we're riding you on this one, Joe. But it, it the blast <laughs> the, the blast radius, the blast radius got everybody. It got the Pelosi's, it got the Romney's. Uh, it, Adam it, Schiff. Adam, it got everybody. Uh, so it, it was so much bigger than that. You're right. Yeah. And but, I'm just saying, you know, that that story, you know, from a pollster standpoint, in 2016, when we asked people, 
Did you know? And by the way, Rebecca Downs, the town hall, uh, you know, reporters are so damn lazy these days. So you have to really give somebody credit when they when they do research. After I had said this, she came to me and she said, can you share this information with me? And I did. And she wrote a fantastic article on it. In 2016, we would ask people in battleground states and nationally, are you aware of reports about Hillary Clinton, pay for play, whatever, you know, uh, however we worded it. More than 90 percent everywhere, Frank, were aware of these reports. When we asked people in the battleground states in 2020, it varied depending on what state, but largely around 7 in 10 knew. And people now, when we're polling now, there's you know, anywhere between like 8 and 15 percent of Biden voters say that they would change their vote right now. So they, you know, they were talking so much about election interference, Frank. They interfered with the election, putting aside all the ballot stuffing, putting aside Mark Zuckerberg bribing local election officials, which is what he did, putting aside the moratorium they put on on codified laws, using the pandemic as as an excuse, putting moratoriums on these codified laws that served as verification procedures that secured the election, the integrity of our elections, putting all of that aside, he probably still would have lost if they didn't suppress that story. Think about that. Hmm. The numbers suggest all of that money from Zuckerberg, all of that ballot stuffing, all of those, obviously it had to come from public sector unions. The things that we found in places like Michigan, there's no way that happened without some sort of organizational effort. Mm -hmm. And the only one, the only entity that has the power to do what we saw is a public sector union. So. Even with all of that, he could have still lost if they would have just, you know, not suppressed reports. A single report from the New York Post. You Think know, about I, I, I am. You're making you're making it. Uh, you're clearing it right up and bringing it all together, and, and it made me think about CNN Plus again. Uh, I, I know, <laughs> I, I know, Rich. I know that this is circumstantial. But it really isn't when you think about it. I mean, these, these people have no, been re- they have been rejected publicly in such publicly humiliating ways, and they lack so much self-awareness that they did not see how this is a major indictment of their ability to be objective about anything, that, that they didn't even know that this was the case about themselves, that they were yeah. this, that, that there was no market for what they were selling. And the fact that they are arbiters of the truth and they wear that crown and they, they, they crown themselves in that way, now you can find focus on this and say, I mean, you know, uh, the comments on, it, it comments on the, the continued importance of stay where we are, with a new media path, like you said, not turning the clocks back, we're doing good. They're being rejected. We're growing at modest paces, and people are becoming more inquisitive. They're becoming more confident that at least what they had before was not helping them at all because they're more and more confused, and the world is not getting better, no matter how much they say that just follow us and things will get better. But I can't help but extrapolate things like this with CNN Plus to the polls where yes. The polls that they push, the fake stories that they circulate, and the shoddy elections that they run interference for. I can't, I, I can't help but extrapolate things like CNN, CNN Plus's complete collapse to things like election interference. You know, and, and I, you know, some people were like, oh, Rich, I think you're taking it a little too far. When that happened, you know, I was reveling in it. Are you kidding me? Uh, these are not good people. 
Uh, they'll destroy you. The first chance you get, they'll harass your family. Uh, try being me for a day, folks. I mean, I'm serious. Uh, they're not good people. So when they fail, when they crash and burn like this, um, yeah, I'm going to laugh about it. And I'm going to laugh hard. I'm going to revel in their suffering. I'm not Jesus Christ. I may try to be a Christian. I'm not a perfect Christian by any any point. I don't claim to be the Christ, Frank, that sympathizes with everybody. These are pieces of uni human excrement. And I have no uh, concern for their emotions whatsoever. Look at Chris Wallace. All right? This is a man who thought that it was his job to derail Donald Trump in debates, pretending to be a journalist slash moderator, not one time, but two election cycles. Two. The first time when he was still at Fox and somewhat, you know, respected, he thought that it was his role, along with Brett Baer, to take Donald Trump out in debates. You know, like ask these ridiculous questions to mock him, to mock his supporters. And then come 2020, I mean, do we really have to rewind uh, with, to that debate where he misled the public, he steered the conversation, he did everything in his power to hide Joe Biden's mental, you know, a lack of mental capacity, everything in his power to hide Joe Biden's intentions with the energy sector, everything in his power to hide Joe Biden's intentions with foreign policy, uh, and again, to make Donald Trump look stupid, hide uh, Joe Biden's record on pandemics, and that was the central focus of really where he was trying to hurt Donald Trump was on the issue of the pandemic during that. This is a man who was who was keenly aware that Joe Biden, um, under you know, as the vice president for, for Barack Obama, was thrown off the H1N1 task force for incompetence. You think he didn't know that Joe Biden would not be able to handle the pandemic as good as Donald Trump? He didn't care hmm. because he's a piece of crap. Your life, your, you know, grandma and grandfather's life, your job, that is all irrelevant to little Mikey's boy. All right. And this is what happens. Chris Wall is a great example because we're in a lot of trouble in this country because our ruling class really doesn't deserve what they have. They're mediocre people. They just are really, they're, they're, they're only as powerful as they are because honestly, it's our fault we allowed it to happen. And they have all of these built in, you know, uh, structural advantages in society, but they don't really, they haven't really earned it, Frank, right? Yeah. So you look at somebody like Chris Wallace, you know, he's, he's got the name, his dad earned that name. He did not. He's not particularly smart. He's not an entertaining guy. He's out of touch. He thinks he's better than everybody else. He really didn't deserve to ever have that position. And that's why you see Brian Stelter cry choking up <laughs> on air today. He for, for people who didn't see what Frank was talking about before, go and look at it. He was literally choking up. Oh, I didn't see that one. Starting to realize. I didn't see that one. Well, you you have to you have to you have to say. Oh, yeah, it's like, I had to he's see that link. He's like, would you want to go to that? He's like, oh. trying, would you want to go to that party? I mean, I'm not saying he was, he didn't break down, but he was choking the chuckling, on his words yeah. because he's, he's, it's dawning on him. Oh my God, I'm going to lose my handicap. People don't want to watch me when I have to compete with other people. They don't agree with me when I have to compete in the marketplace of ideas. What am I going to do now on social media? Since I have no following that's real, 
it's all very fit. What am I going to do now? He See, for people like him, Frank, he's traumatized because he's been here before. The last time he tried to do this, he lost. The last time he tried, life has been real good for him and and his ilk for like two and a half, three years. It's been real good for them because they've had all of these built-in advantages. He's like the kid um, who wants to take his ball and go home. You know, if you he he struck out, but if you don't give him an extra four or five throws, you know, uh, if you don't if you don't pretend like he foul tipped the last three, okay, he's gonna take his ball and go home and cry about it. That's who he is. Well, let you me. Know, it, it, he doesn't deserve where he is either. No, and none of them do. And and as and none what, of them do. What you're talking about right now actually makes me think about other things that are going it's cultural, on. Cultural friend. Yeah, it's yeah. Cultural. And, 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 and it's making me think about something else that's going on a little bit more now. You want to talk about this this um, this weird way of handling your opposition and uh, grappling with the fact that you can't win legitimately anymore because you have no yeah. arguments when you when you are the the party of censorship. It means you're the party of no ideas, and you're just you're desperate. Here, yes. here in the states, I know that the life of a member of Congress is pretty simple. You avoid debate at any uh, any cost whatsoever. You avoid your legislative duties by stuffing everything into a few giant spending bills each year, so you have enough time to carouse <laughs> at the media. And then the yeah. rest, the rest is just colluding, colluding with these media outlets to destroy your opposition. But there are two types of op- of, of op- opposition here. Um, uh, Rich, you have your initiated and your uninitiated opposition. The initiated opposition is that 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 turkey gobbler, uh, uh, Mitch McConnell. This 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 turkey eye this, this this face this face his eyes look like two two raisins in a wad of dough. He's a fucking <laughs> creep. Creep uh, to to the upteenth degree. That's your WWE fake enemy. Mitch McConnell, and then you have the uninitiated opposition. People like, and I don't really, you know, they're not they're not my representatives. I don't really follow them or anything like that. But I know a uh, I know an upheaval when I see one, and that is people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Madison Cawthorn. Those are uninitiated people. They do not want them at the country club whatsoever. And what we're seeing now is this increasingly popular trend of trying to find ways to legally disqualify people that they don't like from running at all. What do you think about this 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 rash of disqualification and impeachment to prevent to prevent having to go up against people that are obviously way too strong for them to uh, to defeat on on the campaign trail? And that's right. And look at Tom Tillis's uh, independent group uh, is going to take a bunch of money from Pfizer and other big pharma people um, to go after Madison Cawthorn. They're, they've already put almost a half a million dollars towards their own fellow Republican um, because they can't beat them. And again, in the marketplace of ideas, this January 6th thing from the beginning was a pretext to do two things. One, to purge the society of people who would not um, who would not comply. You know, if you you have to remember context, a legitimate regime who won uh, legitimately in an election um, in a democracy or self-governing society does not militarize the capital because they're confident they won legitimately. All right, so people were ge- they were gearing up to use this event as a way to to use the FBI to establish and you know a so-called domestic terror. Uh, force on the FBI in the FBI 
to go after people that are viewed as mainstream conservatives, Frank. All right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's number one. And number two, the other part of this was they were terrified Donald Trump would come back. They they knew they they only got one of those. And what I mean by that is one chance to steal an election, one chance to rig an election. You can't do that like that on that level every time. You get one unique opportunity to depose a duly elected president of the United States by doing what they did. They know they cannot do that again. So they are terrified, and they're looking to the AG in New York. They're looking uh, to uh, the AG in D.C. They're looking to the Southern District of New York. They're lo- it wasn't working even today. You know, they hold them in contempt. Who gives a damn, right? They the Attorney General's office in New York has lost a lot of attorneys over this perse- over this persecution. Um, people are literally leaving their post because of, it's a political persecution against the Trumps. Mm. All of this in January 6th, just a way to prevent him from running again. So they now realize, wow, we could probably do this to other people, right? They know that um, if they lose control of this party to the Trump wing, the America first wing in these primaries, um, that they're in deep trouble and that they're probably go and not probably that they're going to lose the party to a Trump nominee or if not Donald Trump himself, which it probably will be. Um, and that if he comes back with Marjorie Taylor Greens, Joe Kent's, David Gillios, John Gibbs, and a slew of other people, Madison Cawthorns, um, Matt, uh, Matt Gates. And I can go down the list. If Donald Trump comes back and it's not the people, you know, it, there's, there are that many fewer rhino traitors in the Senate. Look, J.D. Vance is going to win, dude. All right? Think about what that means to Mitch McConnell if Donald Trump comes back. <laughs> it's terrifying to him. I hope it is. I, I, I can't stand him. Before the holidays, I really can't stress to you and everyone listening how much these D.C. swamp creatures were, like, ter- terrified. Terrified. They saw the handwriting on the wall, and they decided we have to do something about it. Um, you know, when this season heats up, so they know they can't beat Marjorie Taylor Greene at the ballot box. They know they can't beat Madison Cawthorn at the ballot box. They have to get rid of them another way. They tried it with Paul Gozar in Arizona. They tried it with Andy Biggs. And by the way, where the hell was Mitch McConnell? I, at least I, I know your rep- at least one of your representatives in New York, at least Stefanik had the gumption, who I view as a rather establishment figure, to come out and say what is happening to Marjorie Taylor Greene is a disgrace. What is happening to some of these other Republicans, disgraceful. A horrible precedent. A, you know, dangerous. Where was the so-called leader of the Republican Party in the House of Representatives when, you know, traitors from his own party and from the Democratic Party were banding together to try to remove uh, some of his own elected uh, congressmen and women. These are people who hold public office. They're in his conference. They He wants their vote when they take the majority. Where the hell was he? Too this, busy defending himself against reports and audio tapes 
That's hey, what he was doing. You, you know what? Getting back to what we were saying before about taking steps backwards instead of, you know, after being side sidetracked, having to go out fend for ourselves, digging past establishment uh, sources of information coming from both of these n- nonsense parties. I think the one thing that we can take away from this that is a positive is that people like Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, uh, Lindsey Graham, all of them, they are just as despised as Democrats now. And I think that yeah, um, yeah. I think yeah. that I think that as uh, it, the more that we we loathe people bipartisanly, the better we become and the more independent we come we become. And that's not even to say that there is still should be any faith in fixing. DC. I think that still we need to look at the American the American system of um of checks and balances and embracing our 10th amendment. Uh if there's any chance it has to be embracing yeah. local elections, it has to be embra- local action, that's it and to, to try to find a way to create a firewall, a buffer between us and DC. It's the it's uh so it's um th- th- that's it because there is no we were talking to Kathy O'Brien uh, last week, and I asked them. I asked her about the um, you know it was a rhetorical question about the differences between the parties in in D.C. And she said the only party line, the only party line in uh, in D.C. is the cocaine line, and that's uh, <laughs> and, and I, I'm taking that one. I'm taking that one to the bank every time I think about this crap. Hey, before we go, um, have you? I, I know that you were spending a lot of time at one point uh, analyzing what was going on in the UK with Brexit, and then of course their parliamentary yeah. elections. Uh, oh yeah. What, what, what? Just we don't we don't have time to go in too deep, but at first blush, what's going on with Macron versus Le Pen? He's got Joe Biden kind of uh, approval ratings, yet he walks away with sixty percent of the vote. Is this just um, an Overton window thing that we as Americans don't grasp, even though we're heading down the same kind of uh, rabbit hole, or is this as fishy as it looks? No, I mean I think there is a, there is a credibility to you know these um, these uh, criticisms of her as as the candidate to take out um, you know the globalist uh, wing uh, you know of like Macron in in France and other places in the EU. France is different, oh obviously. Um, they, they're a failed state. I mean really, they're a failed great power. I would say that is in the latter stages of their nation state status. I, I really do believe that. Um, you know whether we'll see that in a lifetime? Yeah, probably. I mean, the 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 power of America, economic power of America, really has been propping up countries that are unsustainable for many years now, and I see us as in a position to not be able to do that for much longer. But um, you know, Le Pen had you know uh, closer poll numbers going into this thing than she had previously. But what happened to her is what happened to her last time. It just it wasn't as pronounced. You know, the anti-Macron right, the anti-Macron left, I would say the more populist, uh, you know, vote far exceeds the vote for Macron. The problem is they don't band together. That uh, left-wing coalition immediately, if it's not him, it's nobody. So he immediately comes out and says, I'm going with Macron. I mean, there's no way I I would support Le Pen. So it has to be somebody else, I hate to say it. And then also... In her attempt to appease, to like sound like the female version of Nicolas Sarkozy, she pissed off some of her original supporters. Um, so, you know, I, I just think that they need to move on from if, if you want to have any hope of saving that state, 
um, then you have to move on from Marine Le Pen as the clear uh, alternative to Macron. And that's sad because I, in many ways I don't think she is what they said she like that what they profess her to be. I don't believe it. Um, you know, it's the same forces that go after against Victor Orban every damn four years. Um, but the difference is he, he is a state where uh, they're not, you know, they're not largely diluted as a national identity. So he can he still has electoral strength. Right. Right. Um, I, I think in the end, uh, you know, the West is in a, a lot of trouble, Frank. I mean, as their identity is in a lot of trouble. And, um, you know, look at by the way, look at Brexit. I mean, the people of the United Kingdom wanted out of that thing. Soon, the Scots are going to be the only ones who represent the working class in that country. Um, it's because it's really pathetic and sad. You had conservatives, uh, so-called Tories, you know, they they bent right over when COVID came. You know, Boris Johnson turned out to be a total fraud, and then he has to, you know, he has to beg their forgiveness for being a hypocrite. Uh, he he did not rise. Uh, to the moment, you know, conservatives and right wingers had their moment in the United Kingdom, and he blew it for them. Mm. He blew it for them, just like Cameron did, by the way. Uh, and it's a shame because in so many of these countries, voters feel like, well, who the hell is left to vote for? Who? Do, what other choice do I have here? Which, by the way, look at the abstention vote in 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 France. That was pretty high. And what what is that? It's when voters in France say, I'm voting, but I don't like either one of them. I That's think tragic. It, it's a, That's it's, tragic. it's a tragic thing because, of course, behind all of that is um, you can say that this this is not just a a uh, a blip. This is not a speed bump along the road of a no. a, a healthy a healthy undulating society. There is right. a a gigantic global resetting of the financial world order, the um, the military world order intelligence-based stuff we know that the ongoing behind the scenes it's very poorly covered by anybody outside of the of the new media but behind the scenes the greatest thing going on right now still on both both hemispheres is the migrant invasion all sponsored by the people who are trying to do these uh resets what uh it's destabilization yep you know it's yep so yeah uh, if you think those those elections are getting farther and farther um, uh, out of reach in places like France and the UK, then wait until they have uh, an, another generation of you know Asians that are, are are sitting in there and and have no no attachment to the home country whatsoever and just at all, Frank. I mean, at all, yeah. Frank. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it. This is what the ancient Greeks called, uh, you know, de- democracy cannibalizes itself. And unfortunately, unless you abide by strict rules with, um, you know, your your national identity, there there are those who will eventually vote outside of the national interest because they simply have no attachment to it or no love for it. There's no shared glory, shared suffering, shared responsibility. You know, there's no shared identity. So, um, you know, look, this is a story as old as as nations in itself. Yeah, it's, it is. it's just a lot easier to coordinate this kind of an invasion, though, because of the technology we have available uh, to us these days. And, and it's sad that people are, are used, human beings yeah. are used as weapons, and that's, that's what's happening here, ultimately. People's Pundit Daily, com. Rich Barris, it's so great to have you on every month, and, uh, and, and I, I hope you have a wonderful... It, it, 
Tell me anything that's coming up. Let everybody know where to find you. If you have any special broadcast, special guests, let them know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're definitely going to have actually a slew of people on the next two weeks because a lot of people have primaries coming up. So, uh, you know, check out Inside the Numbers with the People's Pundit on Rumble, on Twitter, on Getter. Um, and, you know, it's still, I'm still there on Twitter, at People's underscore Pundit. Um, but Locals is really where it's at, peoplespundit.locals.com. You could always check out bigdatapoll.com. Scroll down. We're revamping the site. You'll see how long we've been tracking the public polling project now. Uh, we have a lot of economic indicators that are up and political. There's more to come. We just did Kevin McCarthy's, by the way. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave this and wrap it up. But, you know, there are more Republicans who dislike Kevin McCarthy than there are independents who like him. That's the difference with Democratic leaders. Uh, I mean, with Republican leaders versus Democratic leaders. Democratic leaders are unpopular, but their own people like them and feel that they represent them. Republican leaders are unpopular because nobody likes them. Wow. <laughs> you know what? Good. <laughs> Just good. I, 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 I'm happy. I, I, I seriously, seriously, I, I would, I would much rather. They gotta go. I would much rather lose and be uh, effective in voicing a, a divorce from a a hamster wheel existence than to, than, to, <laughs> than, than to keep on yeah than, than to keep on like people who keep voting for leftists and stuff like that thinking that this is the election that it's all going to happen I, i'd rather just realize that no they're not going to be bringing us the easter basket full of goodies they hate us yeah. they hate us they sh see us with disdain and they actually want to erase the country so they can meld it into a global super state that is going to serve us even less than local government does so um that's that. Well, Rich, love to you and your family, and I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Back to yours, you and yours, Frank. Talk to you soon, okay? Bye-bye. All the best. All the best. There you go. Rich Barris, I have to go. So let me get through all of these super chats, ladies and gentlemen. And for everybody who's watching on, on YouTube, I don't know what happened. I started the stream over there at 6.56 with everything else, and it said live. And then I went into YouTube to see what people were saying on in the, the the chat room because it wasn't popping up in the combined restream chat room. And what do you know it? There's like only 50 people in the chat. I said, what the hell's going on? This can't be live, but it says it's live. And then people started showing up. And that was already like 40 minutes into the stream or more. Anyhow, if you're just showing up now, you gotta go back and watch that from the beginning. It was a great, great broadcast. Wonderful talk with Rich Barris, peoplespunditdaily.com. So, thank you so much. Let's get to these super chats. And away we go. Cody says, also, the Illuminati video from Friday was hilarious. You know you've made it big when people claim you're a Freemason disinfo agent. That, has to, that had to have been made by someone interning at some three-letter agency. Or somebody with, just a, with a really, really funny sense of humor. The, the timing is funny, and, it's, and, it, and it took time to put it together, so I, I reserve no judgment. It's, uh, it's hilarious so far. Uh, you're right. The Twitter is full of mentally damaged people, and, and no changes in leadership can change them. If Elon does allow free speech, then these people will be bullied off the Internet. Their ideals cannot exist without censorship. I wouldn't call it bullying. I mean, all they do is bully. All they do is bully and, and shit sling. This is more so about propping up completely ridiculous versions of reality. 
the rea- biological reality, sociopolitical realities, what drives human beings, the whole free market versus socialism kind of thing, um, everything, everything. They are not allowed to be confident in their stance unless the system coalesces around them and beats everybody away. So, the Dave Empire says, for the grift, thank you so much, Dave. The Dave Empire, wonderful to have you out there. Um, let's see here, Lease Breaker, Lease Breaker, shout out to Akira the Don, would have never known to call a meeting, uh, genius. Uh, check the Discord when you can, I dropped my gain of function mixtape in there. Thank you so much for that, I didn't see this, this was from last week, the 24th, no, 24th was yesterday. Anniversary of the Easter Rebellion. So, for all of you uh, Irish, I see you out there. On Rockfin, on Rockfin, we've got a tip from Todd Fife. Thank you so much, Todd, and hello to everybody. The few dozen of you who are chilling on Rockfin, we had a, a very healthy group of people that are watching us on Rumble tonight. Thank you for your help uh, in watching and supporting and spreading the show. Paulie on Foxhole says, a token of my appreciation. Thank you, Paulie. Manamanon. Thank you, Mana. PQuest, thank you. Zoso Dude, what if I told you Frank will visit Mystery Ship this Sunday? Hmm, yes, Sunday night. I will be hanging out with Zoso Dude on his Mystery Ship show for a little bit. I cannot wait. Empress Bitch to you, thank you. Sean Joe, thank you. And that is it for me, ladies and gentlemen. It is time to go to band practice, and I will see you tomorrow. You've been wonderful company. And uh, tomorrow, same place, same time. It'll be a little bit more of a audience-driven show and some other things that I have thrown in. We'll talk about those. We'll talk about those, uh, those food processing center fires, which will be in a wonderful 10-minute presentation by Really Graceful. Grace did a video on this. We put it into the into the, the, the lineup for tonight's Quite Frankly TV. So hang out on quitefrankly.tv. Get into the Discord so you don't miss any updates, and I will see you all there. Good night, and be well. I'll catch you on the flip side. Frankly is filmed before a live studio audience and now our super chatter starting with Todd Fife on Rockfin, Cody, the Dave Empire, Lease Breaker, and that's all I have for you right now ladies and gentlemen and uh, I thank you one and all. I will catch you on the flip. <laughs>